Good morning, it's good to see everyone. Thank you for coming to, uh, to learn this morning. The Pasuk tells us in this coming week's parish, if two people will be fighting and one will strike the other, and he'll become injured. And then the Pasuk, a few seconds later, also, if they'll be quarreling and uh, one hits the other, and again he becomes uh, injured. So the Pasuk tells us, that he has to... Um, uh, he has to uh, f- pay uh, restitution for the injury that he caused. Kavia tachas kavia, a burn, the place of a burn. Patsa tachas patsa, a uh, wound in place of a wound. Chabura tachas chabura, a uh, bruise in place of a bruise. And of course, the uh, pasuk literally means an eye for an eye. But Chazal tell us in Mesechtes Babakam and Daf Peidalim and Aleph that it refers to uh, to a monetary uh, compensation. And the Rambam writes at the beginning of Chayvul Mazik, parenthetically that this is not even a drush of the Tarsh Peh. This is considered to be Pshuto Shal Mikra. It's uh, from Perushim HaMekubalim, from Moshe Rabbeinu, from Arsinai, the Rambam, the Hakdama, the Perushim HaMishnayis, tells us that there are certain explanations that are just, uh, um, uh, were, were, were a tradition from Moshe Rabbeinu at Arsinai, and not even including Tarsh Peh. It's considered to be Pshuto Shal Mikra, is that it refers uh, to a monetary payment. It's a well-known comment of the Gra that it's actually alluded to in the Pasuk, because the Pasuk says, Ayin Takas Ayin. An eye under an eye, as opposed to eye in ba'ad ayin, an eye for an eye. Why does it say an eye under an eye? So the Gra explains, because the Torah is uh, alluding to us, uh, hinting to us, that we should look at the letters underneath the letters of the word ayin. So if you look at the letter underneath the ayin is a pei, underneath the yud is a chaf, underneath the nun is a samoch, which is oisius kesef. Because the Torah is alluding to us that it doesn't refer to actually an eye for an eye, but rather uh, monetary uh, compensation. But, and this is, uh, even if a person is not uh, quarreling with his friend or fighting with his friend, but he injures uh, someone else, so he's obligated to pay. And the Mishnah tells us in Mesechtas Babakama, it's also in Mesechtas Sanhedrin, that other mu'aliyalam, a person is uh, always responsible for his actions, bain b'shaygeg, bain b'mezid, whether it was intentional or deliberate, bain b'aynes, or was uh, by accident, bain b'ratzon, or was, uh, was intentional. So the Gemara here implies that a person is uh, uh, responsible for his actions, he's obligated to pay for any damages uh, that he causes, even if it's ba'inus, even if it uh, seems to be unavoidable. It was entirely an accident. However, <coughs> the uh, Rishayna may ask from another Gemara Baba Kama. The Gemara tells us in Baba Kama, a person places his utensils in the Rishus HaRabim, someone else comes and kicks it, and he breaks it. So the uh, mazik, the one who caused the damage, is potter. So frankly, more my potter. Why is he potter? He boiled the uni mazel. He should have been more careful where he was walking. So Amri the Bey Rav Mishmaya the Rav b'memale Rishus Harabim Kula Chavius because he uh, the person put Chavius barrels throughout the entire uh, width of the Rishus Harabim. There was no way to pass without kicking this fellow fellow's barrels. Shmuel Amar Bafeloshanu. It was talking about it was at night. He wasn't able to see the barrels. So the implication of the Gemara is a person is not always responsible for his actions. If it was in the middle of the night, he couldn't see them, or the person uh, filled up the entire Shusharabim with the uh, Chaviyas, that he's potter, so Rishayin HaMesk, well, what happened to other Mu'a Liyal, and Bein Meshayin, and Bein Bemeiz, and Bein Be'inez, and Bein Be'rotzen? So Taisus writes in Mesechus Babakam over there, that uh, obviously this is only referring to something uh, which was an accident, but was avoidable. You know, an Aynes, uh, that's Karav L'Shayin. It's not something that, I wasn't negligent, but it was an accident that if I could have been, you know, would have been more careful, perhaps would have been avoidable. But if it's an Aynes Gomor, meaning it's entirely unavoidable, there's no way to avoid uh, causing damage, 
So then Taisa says, in fact, you're part of If he's not obligated to be more careful, meaning it's entirely uh, an accident, then uh, he's part of Even though earlier we included that a person is uh, always responsible for his actions, even if it was an Oynes, Oynes Gomer, Lord Rabbi Rachmana, an Oynes Gomer, entirely something that's unavoidable, he would be excused from... Um, from having to make restitution. And Tysus has a riot to this from a Yushalmi. The Yushalmi says that a person who goes to sleep, and uh, while he's sleeping, someone else places his utensils next to him. And then he rolls over or, you know, uh, hits them while he's sleeping. So Yushalmi says he's Potter. Potter, I say Shayashin, Rishon, and Hizak Lashani, Haba Eslalishon. Or someone else comes to sleep next to him and he punches him in his sleep. If I go to sleep next to somebody else and then I mazik him, so Tyson says, then, you, of course, you're responsible. But if I go to sleep and no one's sleeping next to me, some other guy comes and sleeps next to me, how am I? It's totally unavoidable. So he says, that's an Aynes Gomer and you're exempt. The Ramban in Baba Basra and Daf Pebez and Mebez disagrees with Tyson. And his opinion is, even if a person entirely an Aynes Gomer, something that's unavoidable, a person is still responsible uh, to make restitution to, to, to uh, compensate the person who was damaged. The case in the Gemara Baba Kama and the Yushalmi says the Ramban are different. Because there the Ramban says, Hasam shiny, the shiny pasha ba'atzmai. A guy comes and he takes his barrels and he puts it down in the middle of the Rishus Harabim. So then you're destroying it the minute you put it down. That's not my responsibility because by putting it here, you are negligent with your own item. Or a person comes and he puts barrels in the middle of the night, in the middle of the road. You expect no one to hit them. There were no street lamps, obviously. So then, uh, of course, they're going to become destroyed. That's not my responsibility. Not because there is a, an exemption uh, when I cause injury, when it's unavoidable. And, you know, it's an oinus gumor. But rather, it's because the liability lies with the uh, person who put it there in the first place. And the same thing is true with you, Shalmi. Says the Ramban, there, I come and I sleep next, to, uh, I go to sleep next to someone else who's already sleeping. What, what, what do I think is going to happen? Of course I'm aware that damages might occur, and that's my responsibility and my negligence by going to sleep next to someone else who's already sleeping. Yeah. But says the Ramban, if you can't pin the responsibility on a second party, it's not that he was negligent in uh, doing anything, but an Aynas happened, someone got injured. S- by, by, by no one's fault. So says the Ramban, it doesn't matter, even if it's no one's fault, it was entirely unavoidable, the person who caused the damage is responsible to, to, to compensate the, the party who was damaged. Is that a transfer responsibility, or as far like Gavikatolokotel? So, so if Guzman claims in the country Sushiurim that what they're arguing about here is, what is the obligation to pay if I cause damage? The Taisa says the obligation to pay for uh, you're responsible for your actions is because you could have been more careful and if there would be a situation where it's, it's simply beyond your control, then you're exempt. And the Ramban feels, no, it has nothing to do with the fact that you, you could have been more careful or you were, you know, some way negligent. It's rather because a person is just responsible for his actions. If you cause damage, whether by no fault of your own, even if it's an Aynes Gummer, a person is responsible to pay. That's what he says is included in Petzatakas. That's a concept of contributory negligence. So if the other party is negligent... Is it 10%, 20%, 50%, 100%? So then it's not unimaginably owned because you look at both sides, how much they contribute <coughs> to the accident. That's... That's an American concept, by the way. Okay, so the Ramban is saying if the other party is negligent, he's contributing. 20%, 30%. It sounds like in any way, then, then it's pinned on him. So all of it. 
Yeah. Oh, well, if I'm negligent too, then you're right. Then we're both we're both poshia. But 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 the Ramban says, let's say no one was poshia. There's no negligence at all. Does halacha that concept? So, the Ramban seems so to say it does. There, there is contributory so negligence. Why can't it say as far like David Gatola Kotel? As soon as he puts down the object, it loses its value. That's what Ramban says. Oh, it's it's his fault. It. So it's no But let's say it's no one's fault. Let's say we're playing a no game. Let's say we're engaged in a sporting competition, and someone gets injured. It was no one's fault. Simply by playing the, 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 we're engaged in the game. Someone gets injured. So it sounds like for the Ramban, doesn't matter if you injured somebody else, even if it was to no fault of your own, and he's not contributing at all, and his neg- wasn't negligent either. I'm obligated to pay. According to Taisvis, if it's an Ainus Gomor, uh, I would be exempt from paying. Well, what I'm trying to say is, according to Ramban, as soon as you put down the barrels, they, they, yeah, they have agreed. no value. They have no you, you're value. saying you don't see the contributory so negligence. Maybe no, not. No, so you destroyed something with no value. Okay. The Ramban doesn't say that. He says because the other guy was negligent. Yeah, but so this could have, in theory, applied to injuries that occur in a sporting competition. However, one could also argue any time a person engages in a sporting <coughs> competition, uh, he's aware uh, before he ever begins that uh, people could get injured. So, in a certain sense, he's accepted uh, that uh, that degree of risk simply by engaging in the activity in the first place. And and in that sense, he would perhaps be Michael. But can a person be Michael uh, on an injury? Huh? The person's so confident he's going to win, and then he loses. Yeah, yeah. Why yeah. Like, Why is it negligent to play? Because you know that people frequently get hurt. So okay, we'll get to you. we'll get to your situation. Yeah, yeah. Football might be different, but the Gemara tells us the Mishnah tells in Baba Kama, Oimer Samas Eini Kates Yagi Shibir's Ragli If a guy says to somebody else, uh, "Blind my eye, cut off my arm, break my leg," um, he's Chayev. Amanas Liftar, the person who injures him. Amanas Liftar, even if he says uh, you'll be exempt, Chayev, he's still Chayev. Kras Ksusi, Shibers Kadi, if he says uh, rip my garment, break my utensil, Amanas Liftar, Potter, he uh, exempts him. Initially he tells him, don't worry, I give you permission, then he's Potter. So the Gemara asks, let's skip the, a few words in the line to the period, Amale Ravasi, Bachamala Rava, Maishna Resha, Maishna Sefer, what's the difference between the Resha and the Sefer? How come if it comes to uh, the personal injury, where he gives permission, he's chayev, if it comes to the monetary damage, then he's potter. There's a difference. When it comes to personal injury, the guy's not moichel. When it comes to monetary damage, he is moichel. What would you say about a, um, a, uh, where a guy causes someone else pain? Not that there's a permanent injury. It's a temporary wound. That means uh, hit me or cause a, uh, uh, a wound. Amanas Liftar. I give you permission to do it and you'll be exempt. Potter. So then he's exempt. He's not obligated to pay. So Ishtik. Ravasi Bachama answers to Rava. Rava didn't have uh, a response. So Amar Midi Shmielacha. So he said back to Ravasi Bachama, maybe help me out over here. I don't know. What's the answer? So Amalei, Hachi Amar of Sheshus, he gave him the, uh, the answer. Rav Sheshus said, that's different. Mishum Pagamish Bacha. Personal injury. Uh, I'm sorry, a permanent injury um, is uh, either an embarrassment for the family or perhaps a burden on the family. They're going to have to take care of him. Now he's, uh, you know, he's uh, disabled. So then, uh, then a person's not Michael. Perhaps he has no right to be Michael. When it comes, though, to a temporary wound, then he can't be Michael. People are just not Michael when it comes to a permanent injury. When it comes to a temporary wound, perhaps people are Michael, but when it comes to a permanent injury, people are just not Michael. And for the most part, 
Um, that's how we pass it in the Shulchan Aruch, that if there's a difference between monetary damage, if I say to you, Krak Susi, Shabir's Kadi, Amnas Liftor, then there's no obligation, but if it comes to a, a, a permanent, and even if it comes to Hakeni Pitsaini, if it's a temporary wound, and it's Amnas Liftor, a person is exempt from re- responsibility and liability, but if it's a permanent injury, so then, um, so then uh, we would assume a person is really never Michael on that, and uh, the other party, the person who caused the damage, would be <coughs> obligated to pay. As it says in the Shulchan Aruch, like that, Gemara Babakama. However, the Shulchan Aruch then quotes the Chubas Harosh. Look over here, Oiz Zion. <coughs> the Rosh discusses a fascinating case. Shnaim Shinis Avku Yachad. Two people are wrestling. Vihipil Echad Eschavera Laaretz. A guy throws his friend to the ground. Venafo Olav. I guess like a body slam or something. He falls on top of him. Venafo Olav Sima Eina Shotachton. He blinds the first guy. Nearly the potter, says the Rosh. Even though a person is always responsible for his actions, whether he's awake, asleep, whether it was an accident, uh, or perhaps even uh, totally unavoidable, it's unavoidable. So he poskins, um, like Taisvis, if it's an Oynes Gomor, which is how we happen to pass in the Shulchan Aruch as well, if it's an Oynes Gomor, it's entirely unavoidable, we don't pass in like the Ramban, if it's entirely unavoidable, then a person is exempt uh, from liability and responsibility. The chen benidon zeh... Somebody could get injured. Right, so, not, so read on, read on. The chen benidon zeh, midash they're both wrestling, you know, obviously aware of the potential consequences. Obviously, each one is going to receive, unless the other guy is totally, you know, ineb, they're going to receive, both are going to get hurt a little bit. Unintentionally. When two people are wrestling, the whole purpose is to take the other guy and throw the other guy. When he falls on him, it's impossible to distinguish. Okay, I'm going to fall on him a little bit. That I won't cause permanent damage, but just a temporary wound or to restrain him. It's just not possible when you're going at you know, full speed like that. Everyone is trying to put the other guy down. And they had this in mind, um, uh, this acceptance of risk, when they first engaged in this activity in the first place. So Ramba- the Rush claims, huh? It's so what's going on over here? If you look at the Rush, the Rush says, okay, two people are wrestling, the guy gets blinded, the Rush said that he's Potter. Now that's a problem, somewhat, because as we mentioned just uh, previously in the Gemara Baba Kama, that, um, <coughs> that a person... Uh, could be Michael on um, a temporary wound, but not on a permanent injury. Yet the Rush claims over here that he's Potter. Why is he Potter? So initially the Rush tells you he's Potter because it's an Ines Gamor. Then the Rush tells you that they're Potter because uh, it's Midash Nehem. They both knew the risks when they first engaged in the activity. So it sounds like it's because he gave him permission. It's Mechila. Is it because it was totally unavoidable, or is it because it's Mechila that each one forgives the other? So if you look at the Beis Yosef, Beis Yosef asked this kasha on the rush. Beis Yosef quotes the rush in the Shulchan Aruch, but he asked the kasha. Is it a waiver, not Mechila? You're waiting. That's mechila. Halacha, that would be mechila. No such thing. So what's wrong with mechila? What's wrong with mechila? But you can't. Your mechila on a permanent injury doesn't suffice. You can't. If I say to you, uh, uh, break my leg, 
and you won't have to pay, I sign a waiver, it doesn't matter, you're still responsible. If you broke my leg and afterwards they, they say I have to pay and I say you don't have to pay. No, no, we're talking about before. Before. Why, what's the difference? Oh, no, because once it's a monetary payment, that's just like any monetary payment. But if you do it before, we assume a guy's never really Michael on a permanent injury. Even if he signs a waiver, it's notarized, it doesn't matter. You're not Michael on a permanent injury. And I think that that happens to be... Case. I don't really don't think people are Michael on permanent injury. So that's the problem with the rush. How could he say Mechila, the guy the guy had a permanent injury, walked away blind? So look at the base here. He says base here, he says, Vyesh le gam game al chubazu. This is confusing. At the beginning he said he's Potter because it's an onus. And then he brings riots of that an onus gumur, the rise that Tysus brought. The guy who puts barrels down on Shusarabim or falls asleep next to someone who's sleeping already is Potter. So says the Beis Yosef, that really doesn't help in this situation. Don't tell me that it's because of Einis Gomor. The shiny hochash and his kavin la'apiloi. How can you say that this is comparable to a guy who goes to sleep next to someone else who's sleeping and I injure you while I'm sleeping? That's entirely unavoidable. I wasn't trying to injure you. But hochash and his kavin la'apiloi, I fell on you. That's not an Einis Gomor. I did it intentionally. Okay, so he says it doesn't make sense and it's all right, but then so says the base it must be the real uh, rationale of the rush is because of Mechila. Each one forgives the other. But you can't go with Mechila alone because Mechila won't get you out of uh, responsibility liability for a permanent uh, injury. So says the Beis Yosef, he's kind of uh, neither here nor there. So the Beis Yosef says, V'shem yesh l'chalek, b'en kishay echad meichel l'chavero, l'kishay shnei meichel l'nzelazeh. He says, perhaps, even when it comes to a permanent injury, even though you can't be meichel, you can't forgive um, uh, responsibility or liability for a permanent injury, that's if one party is injuring the other party. What if we're engaged in activity, and each one of us bears the same risks? So says the Rosh, maybe that's different. Says the Beis Yosef in the, in the, in the <coughs> perhaps that this is what the Rosh is driving at, is that if both are Michael beforehand, and we both bear the same risks, so then maybe we could even be Michael on liability and responsibility for a permanent injury. So anybody who engages then in any sporting activity where both uh, of the parties could each become uh, permanently injured, so then, uh, perhaps, there would be no financial responsibility if someone does get injured, even if it's not just a temporary wound, which certainly you could be Michael on, uh, even if it would be a permanent injury, since we both bear the same risk, perhaps there'd be no financial responsibility. I happen to believe, the Fionius Daiti, if I can just suggest it, that the, the, the shot in the rush is the following. I think it's almost explicit. What the rush is saying is the following. This, this is the reason why he brings two reasons. The rush is saying that when a person engages in any sporting activity where it's just a contact sport, that someone, that there's going to be temporary uh, wounding, you know. So then he's Michael, and Mechilo works on that. But says the Rosh, the Kuliyama, there's no financial responsibility in such a, if if that's the understanding uh, from the outset, and everyone agrees to that. However, what the Rosh is saying is you're going to cause, you hear you caused a permanent injury. Yeah, but that was an Aynas. That was entirely unavoidable. And the rush explains to you why it's unavoidable. It's unavoidable because in any contact sport, there's no way you can be at full speed and everyone's trying to get the ball in a basket or trying to stop somebody else from going in one direction or the other. Um, there's no way that you can stop and say, well, what is going to be the consequences on the other fellow uh, you know, in that split second? It's just impossible. So that's what the rush says. We are Michael on what is inevitable, which is temporary wounding. That we're Michael. And Mechigo works there. But the 
permanent injury that occurred, the fact that he blinded the other guy and throwing him to the ground, that's an Aynas Gomer. And you can't distinguish one to the other. So I believe if a permanent injury occurs in a sporting event, which is at full speed, and we all understood that a, it's a contact sport, and I'm going to agree to that, we're Michael on that, if an Aynas Gomer occurs, so then, uh, which is unavoidable, a person would be exempt from uh, financial responsibility. But let's say a person does something in the midst of a sporting event, which is not a, uh, as they, they say nowadays, not a basketball play. You know, that's just not a guy in the middle of a uh, play mugs the other guy. So personal then, foul. so flagrant fouls are part of the game. Yeah, but, but unnecessary roughness, flagrant fouls, that's all part of the game. But if there's something which is beyond what one expects to encounter in a football game or expects to encounter in a basketball game, so then you can't say, well, we're playing a game and the guy ended they up, you know. Then I think there would be financial responsibility. The personal foul, they give a knas for it. That's already beyond. Yeah, but they give per, they give knas even for what's in the game. I'm saying if this is not just, you know, we all understand these things happen and we're going to give a penalty because we want you to slow down even if it means you're going to lose a little bit, then fine. But if something occurs in the middle of a sporting event that is literally a personal injury suit, so then, that, of course, the person would bear responsibility. When somebody goes into a game, if you tell them beforehand you're going to be bruised, most people say, okay, I'll go into the game. And they, if you tell them beforehand you're going to lose your leg, people would not go into the game. And one would think so. One would think so. Most people would not go into the game. It's happening right now. If you say you are going to... It's about to happen tonight. Why would there a match for a fight? It's like putting down your own object. We don't pass tonight, Jerome. Yeah, okay. You can go with that, too. Okay, but I would say this is only with regards to financial liability. This is only with regards to financial liability and responsibility if an injury occurs in a sporting event. However, there's really an entirely separate issue, and that is, is one allowed to be Michael on this? Am I allowed to forgive someone or give permission to someone to injure me? The Pesach says in Parashas Kisaytse, in the context of a basin administering Malchus, you're supposed to give 40 times Malchus, and you can't give any more. If a basin administers an extra uh, Malchus, then a violation of an Eastern in the Torah, Yosef So the Gemara Masechtus Ksubis and elsewhere derives from this uh, that you can't really hit anybody, not only injuring, you can't uh, hit anybody even if it doesn't cause an injury. Even if, it's, even if it's a temporary wound, but even less than that. Simply to slap somebody is also an Eastern in the Torah of Yosef Lakhoisai. The Rambam quotes this over here in Perakhei of Hilchoschei Vumazak Halacha Aleph. Also, Lo'odam Lach Bobein Ba'atzma Bein Bechaveroi. You can't uh, injure somebody else. Not only injuring, even if you just hit him. He's violated in the Torah. You can't hit anybody else. Bezin can't administer an extra lash. And uh, Bezin, I, I come over and I slap somebody else who is not, uh, not you know, not uh, receiving any kind of capital uh, punishment. Um, certainly, it will be a violation of an Easter in the Torah. So you're not allowed to hit anybody, um, and you're not allowed to, to strike anybody, even if it doesn't cause any kind of injury or wound um, at all. And not only can you not hit somebody else, I am not allowed uh, to injure myself. That's the Rambam uh, said over there ex- uh, explicitly, but it's based on the Gemara Baba Kama, Daf Tzadi Tzadi Amabez, which is really a Mishnah. The Mishnah says, "Hachayvo ba'atzmai, afo pishen or Rashi Potter." There's no Malchus, but it is Aser. Somebody else hits him, 
he'll be Chayav Malkus. So I asked the Gemara, how do we know that a person is not allowed uh, to wound or to uh, injure himself? So the Gemara asked over here, Man Tana, Man Tana, the Shemesh Le'edamah, Ein Adam Rosh Alach Bo And the Gemara quotes three possibilities. One possibility, or three possible sources for this. One possible source is from the Easter of suicide. Ach has dimchem l'nafshashechem edrash. Person is not allowed to take his own life. So to says the Gemara, person is not allowed to injure himself. Then the Gemara says, really, that's not a great source. Maybe suicide is different than, than injury. Then the Gemara says, maybe it's based on baltashkes. You're not allowed to destroy your coat. How could it be that you're allowed to destroy uh, your body? So the Gemara says that really, uh, that is not the same either. Because a coat, once it's destroyed, cannot be recovered. It's gone. Uh, a body uh, uh, heals itself. So the Gemara says that's, that's really not the same either. In fact, the Gemara brings a case. Look at the, the bottom line over here on the first side. Rabbi Yochanan called his garments his honor. Uh, so therefore they treated their clothing very uh, carefully. When he was walking in between the thorns and the bushes, he picked up his garments. Uh, his pants, my, my uh, legs, which are now going to get cut from walking through the thorns, will heal. My garments uh, will never become healed if it gets a pull around in the garment. So you can't really derive a source from Baltashus either. So the Gemara uh, arrives at the final source that a person is not allowed to damage himself from a Nazir. The Nazir, at the uh, conclusion of his Naziris, has to bring a Karban, a Chatos, because he's considered to be a sinner. What sin has the Nazir performed? The fact that he, uh, he did not enjoy Olam to the fullest. He restricted himself, imposed uh, unnecessary restrictions upon himself. So if you impose an unnecessary restriction upon yourself that you can't drink wine, you're a chayte, says Gemara, we can derive from that, infer from that, that if you injure yourself, you're certainly uh, causing unnecessary suffering in this world, and you would also, uh, a person would be a chayte. So what emerges from the Gemara is, whatever the source, whether from suicide, balkashchis, from nazir, uh, a person is not allowed to injure himself. And why is a person not allowed to injure himself? So the reason would probably be, not only because a person has to perhaps you know, enjoy, uh, not cause unnecessary suffering to himself in this world, but also because our bodies really don't belong to us. The Rambam writes, over here in Parakir Ches, of Hedron, based on the Gemara, that if a person comes to Beisden and he says, I violated Shabbos, uh, you know, suicide by Beisden, he says, I violated Shabbos, please kill me. You know, he performs Kila. Uh, a person says, I wore shotness, please administer Malchus. So, we don't, uh, we don't administer any kind of capital punishment based on your own admission. It has to be based on two witnesses. So, the Radvaz, again, uh, 1500, the Radvaz writes, This is the principle that the Gemara has in many places that a person cannot render himself a Russia and guilty of a crime to the degree that will administer uh, punishment. He might possibly hate this, but he, he's not, he, um, we would not administer punishment based on his admission. Why not? So the Rambam said, it's Xerus HaKosav, but suggests the Radvaz, Why is it Xerus HaKosav? Um, the, the Rambam continues, because we're not going to let a person take his own life, um, you know, by, just, by his own admission. So that wouldn't apply to Malchus. Therefore, the Ram says it's Xerus Hakosov. We don't know the reason why Ain Adam Mesa Masma Rosha. But says the Radvaz, suggests his own, uh, speculates. 
belongs to the Rebbeinu Shalalem. We are uh, caretakers for our body. But as the Pasuk says in Sefer Yechezkel, our bodies really belong to the Rebbeinu Shalalem. Malchus is considered to be uh, some uh, form of uh, capital punishment as well, and therefore a person cannot, we cannot administer uh, Malchus or Misa based on your own admission because your body really doesn't belong uh, to you. And therefore a person is not allowed to injure himself either. If that's the, uh, if that's the case, so then it stands to reason that I cannot give permission, if I can't injure myself, how can I give permission to somebody else uh, to injure me? And if I'm not allowed uh, to smack somebody, not only injure, but wound, smack, these are all included in the Isra of La Yosef La Kaisai, which the Ramam says is really the source for the Isra of hitting others. The Ramam seems to assume that that's the source for hitting yourself as well. Uh, that's what the Ramam look back at Parakhev Khomba Mazakalakha Aluf. The Ramam writes also the other Mahbo Bain Baatsmai, Bain Bakaveroi. And the source that he cites all the way at the end is Lo Yosef La Koisai. You're not allowed to administer any kind of extra lashes. So I'm not allowed to hit others. I'm not allowed to hit myself. It stands to reason I cannot give permission to anybody uh, to hit me at all, even if it's not going to cause any wound uh, or injury. That's how many poets can write the Tshuvas HaRivash, one of the Rishonim. But it's right, written over here in the Shulchan Aruch HaRav, the Alta Rebbe. So right over here. How can engage in the sport? Because how can you engage? Not, if we engage and there's uh, injury occurs, we discussed financial responsibility and liability. I could be Michael on money, for sure. And so, but maybe you don't mean it if it's a permanent injury. But what, how can you engage in such an activity in the first place where I'm smacking other people? So, so he, you're not allowed to do that. It's an Eastern Turkey. That's because what said the guy was Michael. Yeah, but he can't do it to himself. How can he be Michael and he'll give me permission to do it? He can't do it to himself. Why, why not apply that to smoking? We could discuss that separately. Maybe. You're right. Cosmetic surgery also. So, okay. So, the Rishok Nachar writes, You don't own your body. You, you can, we don't, we're not in charge. We don't own. It's not ours to do at our discretion what we want with our bodies. We're caretakers of the Rebbein And therefore, since I can't injure myself or slap myself, or hit myself, I can't uh, allow someone else, give someone else uh, permission to do it. Monetary responsibility we discussed, but I can't uh, engage in the activity perhaps uh, in the first place. And that's how many other places, the Chazanish writes like this, that a person cannot be medical on the, on the uh, allowing someone else to give permission to someone else to hit him, certainly to injure him or even to wound him, um, because he's not allowed to do it to himself. If that would be the case, so then it would be us, and there are some contemporary places who feel like this, it's not a minority either, that a person can't go paintballing. Everybody who goes paintballing uh, comes back with, uh, like, welts and, yeah, just, uh, bruises. Yeah, bruises. So, I, I, so you say, yeah, but we all understood from Meirash. You're right, so no one has to pay anybody, um, and there's no financial responsibility involved, <laughs> but everybody comes out with bruises. You say, well, you gave me, but yeah, but you can't give permission to somebody else to wound you. You can't wound yourself. So one could take that approach. Can there be a difference in something that's inevitable versus something that Possible. So you could say like a Baron's Fire. You're saying I go into the paintball and think I'm so good at this, not, it's not happening to me. Correct. And some people I'm sure walk out without being bruised. Versus, I don't know if that's you true. Wear a full body suit. You you don't get bruised. Okay, so then maybe we must have a case. probability percentage we're talking about. Right. Right. So no, everybody who goes paintball. You may get into an accident. So how can, right, so we all accept that's a risk. Correct. So if, if it's a risk of injury, 
then of course you're right. If it's acceptable risk, you'd be right. Let's say it's a contact sport. You go to the boxing ring. You are hitting somebody. So what about boxing? You're hitting somebody. Or uh, a paintball. Everybody who goes paintballing comes back with bruises. I've met, yet, yet to meet a guy who came back unscathed, unless you're in a full body you know, Kevlar suit. Everybody comes back uh, bruised. So you say, well, the kids, uh, certainly in a camp, where they, which are the people going paintballing, and the, you know, the Kevlar goes, everybody comes back. Should they go paintballing in the first place? That's the question. So many say no, because you, you have no right to be Kevlar, you have no right to give somebody else permission to be Kevlar in you. However, yeah. If you run a marathon, you come back sore, you're sore. No, 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 no. That's not the thing. Then you're making your... You're making yourself. The fum tzara agra, no pain, no gain. So that's okay. So that's okay. We'll get to why in a second, yeah. So, however, Rabbi said, look at the minchasino. This is what should have been. But the minchasino writes over here, Mitzvah memchaso, is gimel nearly as daiti, dezeh shachayva atoiva barakoa bechavero, hainu davka beloi rishus. This is only, the only time you're, it's prohibited to strike your friend or perhaps cause a, you know, a, 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 a wound on your friend is if it's not without permission. They say, hit me. says um, that it's allowed uh, if your, pers- uh, your friend gives uh, permission. How can it be allowed? He's not allowed to do it to himself. And look already, this is the Minchaschino, because it's more contemporary. But look at the Maobach. The Maobach was uh, from the end of the period of the Rishonim, 1500s in Tzvas. He was the Barpult of the Mari Beirav and the famous uh, Smicha uh, controversy, uh, restarting the Smicha controversy, a contemporary of the Radvaz. He disagrees with that Radvaz that we mentioned earlier. He says, let's say a guy comes to Beisden, and they say, please administer Malchus, I want Malchus as a kapara. Certain shuls used to do this, Arabian Kippur. I want Malchus as a kapara. No. I want Malchus as a kapara. So he says he thinks it's allowed. He says it's mutter. If I say, hit me or bruise me, I'm an ask lifter that you'll be exempt. It's part of the yadi. If I say cause a permanent injury, then I'm an ask lifter. You're chayv hanimili roshev harim. That's a permanent injury. They know the mechalayim. About Sarah the gufa. If it's just uh, pain, machil. So you'll say, yeah, but that's only financial responsibility and liability. He says, no, v'nira shagam humuter, it's even allowed. Hagam shlomatzas, he's emafurash. He says, even though I have no riot to this, he makes a diuk in the language of the Rambam. Look back at the language of the Rambam, parakei, the Rambam says, you can injure yourself or your friend. Not only if you cause injury, even if you strike anybody else, ben katam ben gadol, derech nitzoyon. If it's in a way of a battle, of a fight, based on the Pasuk, Ki Yenatsu, as we mentioned from the beginning, Ki Yenatsu, Anash in the Pasuk in this week's parasha. If two people will be quarreling and one strikes the other. So says the Ram, the only time that there's an Easter to be Chayvul Bechaveron, to Makes Chaveron, to strike your friend, is if it's Derech Nitzoyon. So says the Marobach, if a guy comes uh, to Shul and he asks me, give me Makes, I want this as a Kapara, that's not Derech Nitzoyon. He says, Mashman, there ain't no evil Derech Nitzoyon. If it's in a combative way, a hostile way, so then it's prohibited. If it's not in that uh, manner, then it's allowed. This diok that the Maobach makes in the language of the Rambam, its inference uh, is uh, the basis for Ramayusha's leniency with regards to cosmetic surgery. Ramayusha says, how is a person allowed to undertake any kind of uh, surgery which is uh, 
elective. Uh, so because a person wants to, let's say, uh, cause, you know, to, to, uh, to have some sort of physical improvement. But Ramayusha says, you're causing chavala, you're not allowed to injure yourself unnecessarily, if it's for therapeutic reasons, medical reasons, of course, it would be allowed. But what if it's not for that reason? It's uh, elective surgery, a person wants to look better or something. So Ramayusha says, chavala, but Ramayusha says, in the end, that it's allowed. Uh, based on this inference from the language of the Rambam, the only time a person is also lachbo ba'atzma if it's derech nitzoyon, and here Moshe says it's derech rafua, it's to make the enhance the person. So Moshe says then it would be allowed. And Moshe not only has an inference from the language of the Rambam, he brings a raya from the Gemara Baba Kama we mentioned earlier. Ois Yud, the Gemara said that Rav Chizda, when he was walking amongst the thistles and the brush, he would pick up his pants, causing scratches on his skin. How is he allowed to do that? He's chayvo ba'atzmai. How's he allowed to walk through the bushes? He's causing bruises, wounds. So Yemesha says it must be that whatever is not derech nitzayon, if it's not uh, combative or hostile, um, then it is allowed. And this is a compelling argument. Why? Rebbe Chanan writes in the Kavit Tzahoris, but many others a similar argument. And that is because all isurim bein adam chaveroi are only uh, prohibited if it is uh, destructive. If it's combative, let's say, uh, the Isra of Lashon Hara, you don't have to speak Lashon Hara about your friend. This is Rebbe Khanan's example. But if it's Utoyeles, it's to help somebody, then it's allowed. You know, to hate him. But if it's Tachacha, uh, if, he, if he's not a Chicha B'mitzvah, it's allowed. So it's productive. So it says uh, Rebbe Khanan, that's the reason here as well why the Ram only prohibited hitting somebody else if it's Derech Nitzoyan, if it's combative. But if it's not combative, uh, so then uh, perhaps. Uh, it would be uh, it would be allowed, and in fact, it sounds like why should this be the case? Because the whole ease of hitting somebody else is because you have lowered the uh, human level of human interaction from a verbal interaction to a physical interaction. Look over here. The Gemara says in Masechta Sanhedrin something surprising. Even if you raise your hand to your friend, even if you don't hit him, you're called. Uh, evil. Because the Pasuk says in Parsha Shmois, when Moshe Rabbeinu raised his hand to hit the other guy, another uh, you, the Rasha Lama Sakereyecha, he says to him, why are you raising your hand? Rasha, Lama Sakereyecha, why are you raising your hand to me? So he didn't hit him yet. Yet he called him a Rasha, says the Gemara, we see from here, from that, if a person raises his hand against somebody else, he's already considered to be a Rasha. Why? He didn't hit him yet. So I believe that the answer is because you have lowered the level of human interaction from a verbal interaction to a physical interaction. And that's the problem. But if it's not combative, if it's not hostile, if so it's not Derek Nitsoyan... qualifies as a verbal threat? Also? Maybe not. Here it says if you raise your hand. So then, uh, then it would also be included in the prohibition. So Sotu says to Malbach, if a person causes not a permanent injury, a permanent injury is always Derek uh, Nitsoyan. That's hard not to cause Derek Nitsoyan. But if it's a temporary wound, like giving Malchus a temporary wound, or certainly just a smack or something like that. So then, that would not be considered derech nitzayin. And the Malbach says, if the other guy gives permission, um, then it would be allowed. So Rav Moshe has a chuv over here about sporting events. Rav Moshe writes over here, like they're in the middle of a game, and I give you permission. He says it's not. He's trying to distinguish between a permanent injury and a temporary wound. Something so minor. There really isn't a lot of pain. There's no embarrassment. There's no embarrassment or hostility. People are not careful about this. 
Amayashi says if it's part of a game, uh, then it can be allowed. Obviously, people can take things too far, and then already people get angry, and they're not Michael. But if it's within the good spirit of the game, so then uh, Rabbi Moshe says that it can be allowed. It's not considered to be Derek Nitzayim, based on this Shubas of the Maobach. And that would presumably include paintball. That's why many uh, assume that the paintball would be, would be allowed. Football, though, certainly let's say karate, though, martial arts. So that, that's learning a skill. That's, you know, self-defense. That's, a, that's mamish not Derek Nitzayim. That's like a father who's hitting his child to educate him. So if I'm teaching you, uh, that's allowed. That's not, that's not Derek Nitzayim at all. That's chinuch of children. I'm not recommending it. I'm just saying. Huh? Oh, so then no one's learning self-defense. Correct. But a kid who goes to karate, that's to learn uh, self-defense. That's allowed. Adrenaline flows. Anger is inevitable. So even though in most cases it doesn't happen, people play, they're going to get angry with each other. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Maybe. But I think football might be different. It's interesting. Ramesh has a chuva. I just put it here. We're not going to read the whole thing. It was just fascinating. I had no idea Ramesh has such a chuva. Ramesh has a chuva to, I guess, a from football player who asked me, is he allowed to engage in football knowing you could lose your life? It, it, I mean, it's Sakonis Nefoshis. You're normally not allowed to do something where you could lose your life. It's Rocky Shaman the posting of Parshas West Common. So any sporting event where there's significant risk of losing your life or risk of injury, you shouldn't do it. Any sporting event where there's minor risk, that's no different than driving in a car. That's allowed. But if it's, uh, let's say, you know, more than 10% of the people come away injured, none of us would do it, so then it would be prohibited. What? Skydiving is... More than 10% of the people lose their life? No. No. So if it's a risk you undertake, it would be allowed. Or injured. More than 10% of people walk away injured? No, then nobody would do it. So Ramosha says, Ramosha says, but here it's his Parnassa. So Ramosha says it's his Parnassa. So Moshe quotes the pasuk in Pashas Kisei. The pasuk says you have to pay workers on time. Ki anihu ve'elav hunoisi asnafsho. You better be beyomotitein scharo ki anihu. He's poor. Ve'elav hunoisi asnafsho. He's risking his life to do his parnasa. So says the Gemara. Baba Metzia, you're allowed to risk your life to engage in parnasa. People who build bridges, tunnels. There's, there's always nobody likes to talk about it. But there's always somebody who gets killed in these projects. It's, they know that. Meirush. So who's it going to be? It's not ten percent of the people, obviously, but there's some risk. The Gemara says a person's allowed to risk his life to his parnasa, and that's why you have to pay workers on time. So Ramayish says, says a guy's allowed to risk his life to engage in his parnasa. That's his parnasa if he's a professional football player. However, Ramayish says in the first line, he says, If it's one in a thousand. Okay. But I think Lafiania's diet is not my area of expertise. But nowadays, if let's say everybody becomes injured. 99% of the people have brain damage years after, so then that's not, uh, that's, not, uh, that's, not, that's not something that's that's something that applies to everybody who plays, it's the yachid who's not injured. So then I don't think that that's, uh, that's included. But um, that's Nagel Gudidan, but Inyana Diyama, but most of these contact sports, what Moshe says, where there's only temporary wounding involved and it's part of the good nature of the game, it's allowed. What? <laughs>